You are listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. And he joins us an hour earlier than usual because they are putting him to work at the Combine. He's Pat Kerwin, NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, which is three to seven weekdays. Throughout the season, he's part of CBS's NFL Today Show. Pat joining us courtesy of Pinchers, Tampa to Key West, all points in between. Pinchers, where you can't fake fresh. Pat, um, yes, good morning. I have to I have to admit, uh, there was a a low point for me yesterday. I'm 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 listening to your guys' show, and you guys were while doing interviews. Also, Jim would then let me know certain people's forty times. And I was getting excited. I was turning the volume up. I was driving faster. I was pulled over by the cops. And it was all because certain edge rushers were breaking four or five in the 40. Is that a sign that I need professional help? Well, I've always thought you needed professional help. (laughs) (laughs) It's just another symptom. Gotcha. (laughs) You know what? I'll tell you when you needed professional help. When you reviewed the softball no hitter, that was that was clearly another place that was. That was for Mark though. Mark loves his. I had a high school hockey moment earlier in the show. I gave Mark a little softball moment in the starting five. He's a big softball. Yeah, it's well, it's I, like it's I, like you with minor league hockey, Pat. We all have our quirks. I, I know, and I did see your facial expressions when you were getting the information on softball. The trash pandas. I mean, come on. What's going on with that shirt? Little minor league baseball shirt going on. Catch us at twitch.tv slash Miller and Moulton to, to get in on some of these uh, sidebar jokes. All right, Pat, what's been the scuttlebutt from the combine? What uh, What is everybody most interested in? Is it is it actually 40 times, or is it just the fact that all these GMs get together and start kibitzing about what they want and need? No, they're setting the framework up for whatever business they're going to do. They're definitely talking a lot about different things. Certainly Russell Wilson um, has been behind closed doors, conversations for sure. Um, what are the Steelers going to do? I talked to Omar yesterday. I don't, he wouldn't reveal it, of course, but I just like probing it a little with him. So there are, there are those conversations. The GMs are not going in to watch guys run 40s. We talked about that on Wednesday. And they still aren't. This is a one-week opportunity to be face-to-face with other GMs and agents and, um, and then talking to your head coach about, you know, hey, it looks like we could move the guy. Do you want to move him? That kind of thing. And the, But now they're working out. And to David's point, um, that kid, Braden Fisk, I had him at the Senior Bowl. He is a phenomenal football player. And he runs 4.78 at 295 pounds. So he did play across the board at the Senior Bowl, every alignment possible from the nose tackle all the way out to the right end. And he demonstrated that he can do that. So he is, he had a high school back surgery, but he, get this, 71 games in college. I've never heard of 71 games from a college player. And he missed four practices in his career, which was six years long. Four practices, one game. So I wouldn't care about his high school back surgery. Uh, So he's making waves. Chop Robinson, there's the guy that got you excited when you had to pull over because he ran 4.48 or so. Um, he has not played to that speed. That's the next thing. The speed intrigues you, but he had nine sacks at Penn State career. So you got to really think about 
that does the speed apply? That's the old reality of what these measurements do. Can you can, can does it correlate? Now today, as soon as I leave you guys, I'm running over to the studio because we're going to start with the quarterbacks. And I've already interviewed all the guys from the senior bowl. So I'm, you know, I've already done Penix and I've done Bo Nix and Joe Milton and those guys. So it's Caleb and Drake and Jaden Daniels. And I'm starting with Jaden Daniels, who the more I watch him, the more I like him the most. So right after that, we're going to be in there oh, the, the late part of the morning for all the receivers, starting with Marvin Harrison and neighbors. Neighbors sounds to me like people are talking about him. But I've had some interviews and I hope you heard a couple of them, of some of the life stories these guys have had to go through to get here. Um, that Theo Johnson, the tight end from Penn State, well, the story is incredible. His mom was abused. They were living in Manitoba, Canada, and the mom was getting beat up by the father. She took her six boys, put them in the car, and drove to Windsor and raised them by herself. All six of them are college graduates now. He's the third of the six, and he's getting ready to come out here. And But she then went back and got a college degree, then got a law degree, and now is in a law firm. And she's a farm girl from Western Canada who said, I got to take my boys and get out of here. And she saved herself and the six boys. When you listen to him talk about being mature and knowing what work ethic is, it, those are the stories that I think at the Combine – you can make real headway with general managers and head coaches. So there's been a story or two like that that have just been amazing to me. Makes you want to draft her, okay, uh, quite frankly. And then yeah. a bit of prospect. Uh, her son is – I know I heard your interview with uh, Terrion Arnold, the uh, other Alabama cornerback. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, who's the better quarterback at a cornerback at Alabama – to be honest, and 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 they could go one and two at that position in this draft. I think it's a pretty deep draft for corners. I like the draft for corners. I had corners yesterday. You can't interview them all; it's impossible. But I did have some corners that you know it got me excited about their potential. I talked to Wiggins for a while, the Clemson kid. Um, the guy that kind of jumped out of me was Lassiter, the Georgia kid. Never gave up a touchdown in college. Never, not one. And he said, I got a couple guys got close on me. And Mitchell from Toledo, that guy, he's right up the road in Florida here and totally neglected coming out and brutally honest. He said, how did you end up at Toledo from a little town north? He's right by Ocala, Ocala. He said, no, I didn't project. I had bad grades. Toledo stuck with me, gave me some extra classes to take, and I made it. And I decided I could go right now to Georgia. They all offered him, and then they had to pull out because of his grades. But phenomenal interview. So I like those guys a lot. And Cooper DeGene looks like he's going to be healthy. So, yeah, I'm with you on the corners. I am more than with you on the corners. Safety population, I did spend time with the two Miami kids. Very interesting. Kitchens, I think, is going to be very high in the first round. Free safety, total radar guy that can handle the sideline to sideline. But the James Williams kid, they're not even talking about him. But he's 6'4", 230, playing safety. And he has rushed the passer. He's played Will Backer. He's played Sam Backer. And this league wants hybrid players. They want guys that can help you match up against all these hybrid offensive players. There's one of them right there. I'd be taking that guy in the third round. 
I want to go back to the quarterbacks and Penix. How many GMs are just not going to touch Penix because of all the medical issues, Pat? Well, this is another reason they're all here, as you know. I mean, the medical evaluations are intense, and there's five of them. And some guys have to go off to the hospital and get even more work done. He is starting to convince people for that I talk to that they're more relaxed about him medically. And part of that is how we all look at injuries now. Uh, when I look at Achilles injuries or ACLs, they used to be career enders. Then it was a two-year rehab, which I know I've talked to you guys about. Then it's turning into a six-month rehab. I mean, is anyone worried about Kirk Cousins' ability to play next year? No. They're not. So I think he's a lefty that throws the ball with great velocity. He slides around in the pocket. Uh, he's interesting to me. I don't know how he's not the fourth quarterback. And I know all this talk about McCarthy. And everyone's talking that he's going. I'm, uh, I'll take Penix over McCarthy. All right. You got 15 minutes with Jaden Daniels. How are you conducting that interview? Well, I think the concern about him is his physicality, his body. And um, what I did is I got the picture out of Lamar coming out of Louisville. And when you take a look at that picture and then you take a look at this kid, that's my, where I'm taking him to. I'm taking him right to his plan of attack physically. And he's been on it because, look, that was a 150-pound kid that turned into a 185-pound kid. I, I think he's going to eventually be like 195, maybe 200. He'll grow into his body. That's the first part of him. And just get into, you know, does he run because he wants to run? Does he run because he has to run? Uh, he's a phenomenal runner. I just think that guy has, if we like to talk about the old modern quarterback, well, he's fitting the profile of that. So he's uh, he excites me a lot about that. And we're going to talk about reading defenses. Jimmy and I can drill down pretty hard on him on that kind of stuff. And I think he's going to be very receptive to that conversation. Caleb Williams says he's not doing the medicals. Is that any? Is that a red flag in any any sort yeah. of way? It's definitely a yellow flag, Mark, um, because the first thing the GMs will think is, what's he hiding? He's hiding so, his height. Well, they can hide his height all he wants. All you do is stand. I'm going to stand with him today. And when he stands up, I'm going to mark the wall right where he is. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think I'm going to do that? No, oh, please. Uh, we, we've been out with you in public. We know exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. You know, and you know, Bill Carroll is the greatest body checker of all time. He never talked to an undersized guy without grabbing their shoulders. Hey, how you doing? Good to meet you. And he's just grabbing to make sure there's no, it's not all bones. No, he, he can hide his height all he wants. We all know what he is. Uh, but you asked me the question, very unusual for someone to pass on the physicals. So I'm different than these guys. Cause I said, the second he said he wasn't taking his physical, I put him on a plane and send him home. From what I read, it's the first player to – this is the first time this has ever happened. I mean, it's, as you said, Pat, the whole point of these is the medicals. Yeah, and he is – he doesn't have an agent, but – and I'm sure David's been following this. About two months ago, it came out he didn't want to play for the Bears. Now, the other day, it comes out from him 
that he does want to play for the Bears. Well, I'll tell you what, though. It sounded so scripted. It, oh sounded, my God. Like he, it sounded like he went on Google and read up about Chicago sports in the city of Chicago, and he Correct. comes out with a two-sentence thing. You know, I really admired Michael Jordan and Walter Payton. And, you know, I like deep-dish pizza. Hey, is that good enough? You think they'll buy that? I, yeah. I mean, oh, come on. No, he, he's troubling to me about all that stuff and his brand and everything else and now not the physical. So what are the what are the three or four teams going to do that are considering him? Because you can never presume that he's going to go number one. What if he falls to two? What if he falls to three? You know, you, he's going to have to fly around the country and take physicals. Well, and – He's getting to be a little bit of a pain to me. Well, but also he's interesting. Like Lamar's confidant was his mom. Caleb's confidant's his dad. Lamar never had an agent. Caleb's not hiring an agent. You know, that freaks people out. It could be fine. Nothing wrong. But I do know it freaks the pros out. More with Pat Kerwin live from Indianapolis on the other side here on Miller and Moulton. You're listening to Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. Our remaining moments with Pat Kerwin. He's live from the Combine in Indianapolis. He will be there till midday tomorrow. He's doing a special Saturday show from 8 to 11 a.m. tomorrow before he is done. So that's five full days at the Combine for Pat Kerwin. He of NFL Radio is moving the change. You can listen to him three to seven weekdays. And on Sundays during the season, he's working for CBS's NFL Today show. He joins us once again, courtesy of Pinchers. All right, Pat, I know the linemen today, you've talked to most of these guys, but this is an impressive group. So what? It, who, who is it that's been standing out for you? In the offensive line crowd? Yeah. Yeah, well, Jordan Morgan, Tyler Guyton, J.C. Latham, those three guys. Uh, I have not met Joe Alt yet. That's going to happen tomorrow morning. Very anxious to see him and put him in context with the other guys. You know, the, the linemen are easy interviews. They're always a significantly more mature. They can handle every question. They know it. Here's my favorite. Let's go to the weight room. Give me the power clean, the squat, and the bench. And they'll be like this. Uh, bench, uh, 392 pounds. You know, really, I said not 395. Not No, no, 392. That's my, you know. You ask the cornerbacks, how's the weight room? He goes, yeah, I like it. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, can we talk about Alabama players? You know, not all of them hit in the NFL. There have been some guys drafted in the top 10 who have been flat-out busts. Is there any talk in the NFL world that Bama players are – overrated or that they're overworked and so when you get them there's already some tread worn off their tires is there any talk about that remember how like back in the day there were whispers about you know certain positions at penn state yeah but certain other positions at penn state stay away from them i'm just curious if there's talk about alabama guys um yeah there's talk about guys from Wolski, usc quarterbacks while you're on the subject um, yeah, there's, there's players, but I think the, if you surveyed the guys, the coaches, I think it's the physicality of their practices and maybe that they are a little worn out. Not all of them, of course, that's the first part of their reality. 
of how they practice. You know, they hit a lot at practice. Knicks was not afraid to, and a lot of guys wanted. They went there because of that. But they do practice hard, and some of the guys are a little worn out. Uh, but I don't like generalizations because you can get other guys. Right, that are, oh, totally. But, totally. But they do practice hard. Uh, there are NFL teams that like guys from that place because they practice hard. And uh, we'll see We'll see how much carries over. But I definitely think there's, there's a lot of labels on a lot of schools. Interestingly enough, like Pittsburgh, people know the success rate of the University of Pittsburgh defensive backs is high. They make teams, and they're generally not drafted high. A lot of third, fourth, fifth rounders. But if you go through the history of Pittsburgh – you find out that they – and it's the head coach is a smart, defensive kind of guy, good relationship with a lot of NFL people, does a lot of NFL-style things, and the success rate of the University of Pittsburgh defensive backs, especially corners, is pretty high. So there's pluses and minuses to, to the observation you're making. But, you know, I don't know if I – I generally worry about quarterbacks that play on teams where they're always the best team on the field. It's not a true picture of what NFL life's going to be like. The quarterback at Alabama, how many times is he going to play games where the opponents got better players than him? Once or twice a year, maybe. So, and I think that's all coming to an end. I mean, the NIL stuff is changing. I had a long talk with uh, with Charlie Weiss last night, as I was telling you before we went on. Charlie's son is the OC at Mississippi. And apparently they're flooding into Mississippi from the NIL world. Oh, yeah. The, and he, he is extremely excited. He said to me, you are going to be worn out talking about Mississippi guys in next year's first round. Uh, there's no doubt that this team's loaded and they're they're prepared to have a hell of a year. It's interesting that you mentioned that about the playing on the best team because if you look at the quarterbacks, you got a USC kid, that's you know usually the best team. You got an LSU kid, that's usually the best team. So are you higher on on the U, on the North Carolina kid cuz that's of all the quarterbacks that are up there in the first round, he's the only one that didn't play on the best team every week if you know what I mean. Yeah. Look, it doesn't hold up for everybody, but you really got to dig deep into how many times did you have to play 2-minute football? Cuz the NFL is 2-minute drill every week. You're going to play at some point in the game. You're going to be losing. You're not dominating all these teams. Look at how much Mahomes has to scramble around and, and perform at a super high level to get his team back to where they're supposed to be. So, yeah, I think some of the guys live in a, in a fantasy world. Their, their offensive line dominates the line of scrimmage. Their running backs well over a 1,000 yard back. They have three receivers. There's no way they can cover them all. So I do think – and the USC quarterbacks – I mean, that's one of the things I'm going to do with these guys. Go look at them when they're losing. Um, I think that, for me, is one of the things that you have to do because NFL football is about trying to come back from losing. It's not dominating anybody. Is there a position, like the thought now is wide receivers and running backs are more prepared to just step right in year one and be impact guys. Is there a position that you're still concerned about in which it's like, hmm, I don't know if I'd start this guy year one because uh, when you play this position, there's more of an adjustment besides the obvious, which is quarterback. Yeah, I think it's the defensive tackles. You know, it's a man's world in there. These 30-year-old guards that, you know, bench 600 pounds and are 30 and know how to hold, 
I think these big wide body kids that are 21, they come in and they get, they get the physicality is overwhelming. Remember when Dallas thought Mozzie Smith will be the answer to our inside problems? Oh, yeah. How did that work out? Two years ago, that whole third round, they thought that they drafted like four guys in the third round, and they're like, this is going to be like the central piece of our draft, and every single guy hasn't contributed. Yeah, it's it's a man's world inside, and they they if you look at them, you can see a boy's body on half of them, and they're going to get beat up. So your question really led me right to the defensive tackles. I don't even think you can start them. I think you got to rotate them. You can't even think about these guys playing 45, 50 snaps. They couldn't hold up. And then the the counter of that is how good is that free agent class for D tackles? Because as you've talked about all the one-year deals, is that where you have to go if you need D tackle help? I think the, there's only two ways to do it. Find a great one, which is impossible. Chris Jones type guy. There's not many of them. Or have a four-man rotation and just say, we're going to roll them through. You're going a series. He's going the next. You just try to – fresh bodies is the next choice. The guys I work for, most of them were, God rest his soul, Greg Robinson was a four-guy rotation. He knew none of them were going to be dominators, so he just said, let's try to beat them with fresh bodies every other series. And I think that's what it is. But I love the question because it makes you think about it. Um but you know what those big old NFL linemen look like? Those guys, they love messing around with these youngsters. Pat, we got about a minute left. This may be a, a dumb question, but if Penix was right-handed, would he be higher thought of? I mean, there are not many left-handed quarterbacks, and there have been very few really good left-handed quarterbacks. Yeah, well, that leads me to Tua. Who, what did he leave the NFL in last year? Yards per completion or something? So... You can function as he. I'll say this about him. I'm left-handed, so I I always naturally like to look. And I talked to Boomer about this quite a bit. Penix is one of the odd lefties. He throws with velocity. He's not a softball. Well, yeah, because Boomer, Stabler, even Steve Young, there was a softness to their ball. They were excellent, obviously, very accurate. Okay, but there was there was a softness to the ball. Penix throws a dart. That, yeah, he does. He's true. different than the other ones, and even Boomer acknowledges it. He's kind of fascinated by it. So, yeah, Lefty Lucy, that's what we call him. <laughs> He's Pat Kerwin. That's what we call him. NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, CBS's NFL Today Show. 3 to 7 today, 8 to 11 a.m. tomorrow from the Combine. If you're interested, Pat joining us once again, courtesy of Pinchers, Tampa to Key West, all points in between. Pinchers, where you can't fake fresh pat thanks for making time for us this week safe travels we'll talk next week very good fellas thank you very much have a great day welcome back to miller and molten only on the florida sports network Twenty-two minutes before the top of the hour, kyle seeloff the radio voice of the miami marlins to join us at that time it felt like a football Friday there for the last half hour with Pat Kerwin live from the Combine in Indianapolis. Free agency begins in earnest in less than two weeks. I think Tuesday, Mark, is the day that teams have to, if they're going to officially place a tag on a guy, they have to do it by, I believe, Tuesday. I think a week from Monday is when you can start 
legally tampering, if you know what I mean. So just illegal tampering is going on now. Totally. Totally. I mean, media people are going from restaurant to restaurant not to eat. They're ordering drinks, they're standing in the bar area, and they're looking to see what agents and general managers are huddled and talking to one another. And then they're making notes and they're going to the next restaurant in Indianapolis. I'm not being flippant either. Uh, that's it. There are NFL reporters that are spending a couple hours every night, and they're just because the restaurants are all within two blocks. I mean, Indianapolis is a place you can hold big events there and walk to everything hotel, event, restaurants. It's all right there. And that's what NFL people are doing. They're spending two, three hours just saying, eh, who's talking to who? Yeah. Okay. Good to know. 21,000 is the text line, 21000. If you want to text the show, you can always join us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch at twitch.tv slash Miller and Moulton. I'm getting excited for baseball. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am. Not as excited as I am for March Madness, though. Next week's one bid league week, baby. I, well, I'm all in. Well, David, I told you. Yesterday during a break, I am thinking about for the first time ever getting the baseball package this year. And And it's only partly because you think your team may play a meaningful September game. I I think it's possible that they're around 500 and in that division, you're going to be in it for a while. But the Braves are worth watching every night. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are going to be worth watching every night. They need to sign Blake Snell. Yes, they do. I mean, don't you, if you're the Yankees, call uh, Boris and say, listen, I'll give Blake Snell the same contract that the Cubs just gave but Bellinger. Three for 80, 30, 30, and 20. You can opt out after any year you want. And just put him behind Cole as your number two starter. Boom. Because he's got number one stuff. He's shown he can pitch in the postseason. I mean, he's had two terrific years. He's won the Cy Young both years. Every other year he's been, eh, average, slightly above average. Good stuff. Too many walks. Doesn't pitch deep enough into games. You know, Kilo's dad in our Twitch chat room, you just highlighted it. How about the Orioles? Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And seemingly nobody on the team's 26 years old either. I am a little worried about their pitching. Can they follow up what they did last year innings-wise? Losing that closer. I know you replaced him with Kimbrell, but Kimbrell now ain't what that closer was last year. So I, I'm I'm worried about. Plus, they're not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. All right, I'm I'm just. I think there's got to be a little regression with the Orioles. A little. It's it's possible, but you know we've thought that about Rays teams before, and maybe this is uh-huh. just Rays 2.0. And they're doing it young. They went out and signed the the one pitcher, so they've got a little help with an arm. Yes, absolutely. Spend a little you bit know, of money. By the way, how about if you're the Orioles offering that deal to Snell? Why not? You got a new owner coming in. You got a little bit of money. You're going to have a huge attendance bump this year. 
Why not? Put Blake Snell on that staff. See, now now you're trying to win a World Series. You're not just trying to win the East and get them. I mean, now you go out and sign Montgomery or Snell here. You're trying to win the World Series. And, man, if the guy wants to opt out, look, you help me win the World Series, you want to leave? Hell. I'll open the door for you as you walk out. I'll help pack your bags right. if you want, and I'll say good things about you as we're putting you on the airplane. Absolutely. I'll give you a million-dollar parting gift. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. I'll put you in charge with that person we work with in the newspapers. You can take out your full-page ad thanking the fans for the one year, whatever you want to do. But that's what I would do. I would call Boris if I'm one of these teams, and I'd say, hey, the Bellinger deal for uh, Snell. I know what you want. I mean, Mark, reportedly, the Yankees reportedly early in the free agency, like winter meetings in December, the Yankees offered Boris and Snell six for 162. That's 27 a year for six, reportedly. And they both said, no, we're good. We'll wait to get more offers. You mean to tell if that's if that's true, you mean to tell me if you called right now and said, how about the Bellinger deal for Snell? That they wouldn't bite? $30 million for this year. You can opt out. And if you don't want to opt out, you make $30 million the next year. And you can opt out again. I mean, it is March. I mean, you know, at some point you need to go to spring training, right? I guess the record, by the way, Kyle Lose back in the day, I think it was with the Twins, or maybe he left the Twins and went elsewhere, but he signed on March 25th, and he started game four of the season for whoever he signed with. So, you know, just in terms, it's not like these guys are sitting home not working out. You know, I know you want to get them in there and what have you, but I mean, so that's supposedly, you know, that 10-day period there. Kyle Lowe signed and he started like game four of the season for whoever he signed with. And I know when I talked about all the teams to watch, I didn't mention the Dodgers. The reason I didn't mention the Dodgers is that I'll be in bed before any of their games start. Okay? <laughs> Let's just get, you know, the getaway day, I could... I'll be all fired up on getaway days. When they're playing 4 o'clock games out west, I'm all in. They'll be my favorite team. I know it's a spring training homer, but did you see Otani's first home run? He gets a fastball, belt high, about three, four inches off the inside corner. Remember, he's left-handed. So a guy's trying to bust him inside. And he hits it out to left center. He takes his hands. He brings them in. He gets inside the pitch and gets the barrel of the bat through enough where he takes the guy's best fastball, belt high, off the inside corner, and hits it out to left center. <laughs> uh, just, okay. Just. Uh, what happened against Otani? Ah, I threw my best pitch. I don't know what to tell. I'll throw it again, too. Between that lineup and the Yankees lineup, 
it's a fun lineup. I, you're right. Like the Orioles lineup, the Braves lineup, some other line. Texas could, again, be a better lineup. But those two lineups with what they have in the middle, it's that's, hey, who's coming up next inning? Yeah, I ain't going anywhere. Right. So I think this segment has officially talked me into it. Now that I'm a cord cutter and it's cheap to do on MLB.TV or whatever the hell it is, I'm getting the baseball package, David. Look at you. Look at me being an old guy. <laughs> you got a, a short haircut tight on the sides and everything. Yep. I got socks and sandals on. I'm going to have dinner at 430 tonight. Let's go baseball. <laughs> now I will say. What you told is the truth, but it's a little misleading. You're having to jam dinner in at 430 because your daughter's got two games in two different sports immediately following. A double dip tonight. Don't kid yourself. Gymnastics followed by softball. Exactly. Just your typical Friday night in the Miller household. In fact, sometimes you have to eat at 4 or 415, but it, there is a reason for it. Uh. The Mr. Mom lifestyle that I lead. 220, 221, whatever it takes. So uh, you're going to be okay when baseball adds Nashville and uh, Portland or Nashville and Salt Lake and they go to eight four-team divisions and then they expand and they go to 16-team uh, playoffs just like the NBA and the NHL? You're going to be okay with that? I'm fine with it. Okay. I'm absolutely fine with it. I, I don't like the the buys in the first round aren't working. Well, that's why I don't even think they can offer one buy. Like I don't think baseball, when they expand, can go to a 14 team playoff and give the best team in each league a buy. Because I'm with you. I think the best team will be like, yeah, this is more of a detriment than it is an advantage. Give me a best of three where all the games are in my building. I get to make more money. Yeah, that might be an interesting proposal to maybe even the top two seeds in each league. Tell you what, congratulations. Instead of getting buys like you would have gotten in the past, you know what we'll give you? You're at home. Seven and eight seeds can't complain because they're in the playoffs. They wouldn't have been otherwise. That's I like that idea. We'll give you guys all home games. Top two records in each league. You're at home. Don't complain, seven and eight seeds. We let you into the party. Right. In years past, you weren't good looking enough to get by the bouncer. Now you are. I, I think it's a a simple solution. Give the top teams, instead of their buys, give them all home games, and we go from there. Would you uh, realign, by the way? I, I don't, don't think... I don't care if they realign or not. It doesn't matter to me the way it matters to a lot of others. Right. I'm just. I don't know if I'd be switching a whole lot of leagues, though. Like, I don't want the Yankees and Mets both in the American League in the same division. I I don't like the idea of that. Yeah, I don't either. I I don't either. I'm just talking about just moving you around while pretty much you're in your league. Like, I don't even know who. Like, we've talked about it when the NBA adds there, too. All likelihood going to be two teams out west. So in theory, one or two teams are going to have to go east. You know, is this when we finally put New Orleans or Memphis or you know Minnesota? Who is it? We're finally, you know, or we're just nope. You go over here now. And I don't know if there'll be anybody that they move in baseball. 
Was Milwaukee the last team that we moved mm-hmm. from one league well, to Houston. another? Houston. Okay, yeah. Houston. Houston. So I don't know if we'll move anybody. I mean, but, I mean, if you have Nashville, I mean, wouldn't it? I mean, you could if you wanted to, you know, if you want to have a quote unquote Southern division, you know, the four obvious ones are Miami, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and, you know, Nashville. But let's just say, I don't know. My guess is Nashville will actually be a an American League team, and whoever goes out west will be a National League team. But Nashville will be a great baseball city, by the way. <coughs> Their AAA team, the Sounds, they love them there. And Nashville just knows how to party, period. So baseball and partying. I'll tell hand. you, it, it's amazing to me as someone who lived in Nashville pre any team coming there. How much it's changed. How big that city has become. Yeah. And – just how they've, you know, because I remember when I worked for the minor league hockey team there, it was a playoff game and our head coach, Mark Kumpel, and I are walking around and Kumps used to like to have a cigar. So Mark and I are smoking a cigar, walking around Nashville long before the arena's built. And he looked at me, he goes, is that Lou Lamarillo? And sure enough, it was. And at that time, Lamarillo was running the Devils and the Devils were being rumored to move to Nashville. And we laughed. Because we couldn't draw a squat for hockey in the old municipal auditorium, despite any efforts of marketing. And I never thought Nashville could be a hockey town, let alone a really good hockey town. And football was a no-brainer when that was coming. I knew that would be successful. But to think of that town as a three-sport team, uh, three-sport town, is staggering from when I lived there over 20 years ago. Trent, our running joke on the show was if you wanted your city to be become a major league city you had to have mark miller work in it <laughs> no 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 good, because raleigh durham it, well atlanta nashville, was first nashville well, atlanta right and atlanta had they hadn't hosted the olympics yet but they had gotten the olympics they were about to host the olympics and atlanta is about to absolutely explode become the capital of the south the whole deal then he does the raleigh durham nashville thing all of them have nhl teams now I'm right. S- I'm in Southwest Florida. Well, you know, you know what your legacy is going to be. It's on you. Get the damn bowl game. That's your legacy. You got 15 years. Miller Kyle's and Moulton. Florida, you got 25. <laughs> Kyle Seeloff, voice of the Marlins, is next. <laughs> 